Welcome to the Steadfast Podcast. I'm Jesse Evans, psychotherapist and owner of Steadfast Christian Counseling in Charleston. I'm inviting you on a journey to discover the art of self-kindness and its ripple effect on community service. Join me and my talented array of guests as we uncover the path to internal resilience, compassion, acceptance, and steadfastness. Come and do the work with us. Hey, calling all church members in Charleston. Do you have a desire for your place of worship to be more emotionally safe for everyone who comes through the door? That's one of our biggest missions at Steadfast, and we want to help you. Our 2024 workshop offerings have just dropped, and in that lineup is a workshop called the Trauma-Informed Church. Attendees of this workshop will better understand how trauma impacts congregations. They'll grow in the skills needed to better care for members. They will learn how to create a support web for the leadership team. And most importantly, they will understand how their own triggers impact leadership and care for others. A big part of being trauma-informed is understanding that we are all bringing something into the room. So a key part of this course is an awareness of that part. This course can be modified for several audiences, including a leadership team, whole staff, child care team, home group leaders, prayer teams, youth leaders. This is also a great church retreat breakout. So give us a holler if you would like for us to come and help support your church. You can also email us at resources at steadfastcc.com. We'd love to help you. On the podcast this week is my friend Christy Michaud. Christy is a therapist and an author and a member of the Steadfast team here in Charleston. Christy and I had a great time talking this week, and I actually decided to go ahead and break this episode into two parts. So make sure you look out for part two of this discussion. In part one of our discussion, Christy and I take a deep dive into vulnerability, and we specifically talk about how it relates to self-care. In part two, we have a candid discussion about depression, and Christy and I share We share about our own struggles, and we also share some of the cognitive behavioral tools that helped us along the way. There's a lot of valuable content in both of these episodes, and I know that you're going to have some great takeaways. I'll link to Christy's book, The Believer's Battle Strategy, in the show notes, and I encourage you to pick up a copy and take a deep dive with some of your friends. This book is also great material for a small group, so if you're a small group leader, check it out. Okay. I'm so pumped that you are here and we're doing this. Um, I was thinking about this morning, Christy, like you were the first person I really connected with when Steadfast was kind of in the infancy stage. And uh, I just remember sitting in the office with you and knowing like, oh man, we're on the same bus. We want to go in the same direction where we have the same heart and vision to empower ministry leaders. And, um, so I'm excited to sit with you today, um, and hear your story and just dig a little deeper into CBT, which I know we both love. Um, so yeah, thanks for being here with me. Of course. Of course. I'm excited. Thank you. And I too remember us sitting together and it was very, um, it was just, confirmation of there's a need here for leaders. And um, it's just awesome to find somebody with the same heart um, and vision. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I'm excited for the future and what's going to happen. I feel like the ball, the the vision ball has like been there for us for a long time, and now I feel like there's momentum and traction, and um, I'm excited for this year and the next year, and just you know what we're going to be able to do um, in that arena. So, um, all right. Um, so. What do you think? You want to jump in with story? We're going to jump in with book. What do you, where do you want to jump in? Um, my story really starts about, um, in 2012, I was going on a medical mission trip, um, to West Africa. And, um, you know, before that time, I, I just really felt God moving and, um, challenged me to step out in, I'm so thankful I did because when I went on this medical mission trip, like I, I did not come from a medical background. Um, so I was really wondering what in the world am I able to give to these people? And so, um, when I joined in on the clinic, um, I was able to be in that triage place where you just ask questions, um, ask, um, what's going on with them. And then you just kind of put those things on the card so that you can pass it to the provider and then they go Mm -hmm. through the clinic. And I also was able to, at the end of a clinic, be able to hand over um, medications to the um, to the patients and then pray with them. Um, so I really got a lot of um, one-on-one time with them and just to hear their hearts. And so um, when I was going through this client, there was a particular woman who came through. She um, was my age, um, had a child. Um, she um, was just talking about... Um, depression and being depressed. Mm -hmm. And on that card, it said depressed. And so I don't know what it was. Sometimes we have those big significant moments um, where you just know God is calling you to do something. And so I just felt that the Lord was saying, you need to tell her that you deal with this. Mm -hmm. And um, I had never talked about my struggle with depression because it was shameful and I was a Christian and we're not supposed to struggle or at least we're supposed Mm. to work on ourselves um, Mm. and get better. So we don't struggle. Yeah. These are all the memos that we receive, right? Yes. 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 And so, and so I heard that clearly. And so I obeyed and I'm thankful that I did because as soon as um, I stepped out and just started, started sharing my story, like um, there was just so much freedom in that. And literally I came back with this, um, whole passion and word, um, again, like go home and do this, go home and do this, go home and share, Mm -hmm. um, with other people because it is freeing. It freed me, but it also, I saw was freeing to a woman who was completely different than me, a woman who was on the other side of the world, Mm -hmm. um, who had similar struggles, um, to Mm -hmm. hear that other people, um, other Christians struggle. So Mm -hmm. that started my journey. My kids were young, Um, I started just a ministry, um, at a church to, to go continue doing this kind of work. And, you know, once my kids were older, I was able to just do the, get the schooling and all of that to be a counselor. Um, but that was the big defining moment for me. Hmm. So just that moment of stepping into kind of owning your own struggle, um, you saw the freedom mm-hmm. that it gave somebody else, just that moment of connection of, yeah, like I get it, like me too. Um, and then that ignited in you 
I want to do this more. Yeah. There's nothing like being vulnerable with somebody and then, I don't know, just seeing um, release or relief in somebody else sitting across from you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. As I was um, just working through and um, being a part of ministry in a church um, through Bible studies and such, um, I had leaders within that group, but also I just, it just kept coming to me. um, Who is, who's looking out for the leaders? You know, who's looking Mm -hmm. out for the leaders that are leading in my group, but then bigger than that in the church. And so um, very early on in this process, I I just had a heart to um, make sure that the leaders are being poured into. I think that's so important. And I think it's easily forgotten um, because once again, we just assume, okay, they're fine. They got it all together. Um, But I mean, the truth of the matter is we all struggle and we need to um, be vulnerable and have a place um, to get refilled because none of us are Jesus. We all have that need to be um, poured into. Yeah. I mean, there is this misconception of, well, they're teaching on Sunday morning or they're leading my small group or they're leading my Bible study or they have wisdom to share um, or they smile when I see them. Um, So there must be nothing wrong. There's nothing going on. They're so mature. They don't have problems. They've got it together. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And that's just not, that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the case. And so, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this book okay, that you wrote <laughs> because you are an author also. Um, this book is amazing. Uh, the Believer's Battle Strategy. And I know it's been used um, for Bible studies. I know that it's been used in a lot of different ways. Um, but you get really vulnerable in this book. Yeah. Um, this book is based on your story. There's a, This book is a gift to those who read it because you. this isn't just strategy. This is, this is you um, and your story wrapped up. Talk to me a little bit just even about the process of writing this book. Okay. And I mean, I'm just wondering how was it for you to be so vulnerable? Did you feel like yourself wanting to stop at some point or maybe not wanting to put things in there and then deciding to like, what was that struggle like for you? So I never went out to write a book. Um, I, in my head always thought, um, I was not a good writer. I remember, Mm. I can't even remember a specific um, thing that was said to me, but in high school, I just remember thinking the um, English teachers thought I was a horrible writer. And so I just kind of grew up that way and never, never planned on it. And so for that piece, I kind of knew that this was God. Um, So I mentioned earlier, you know, I came home and started a ministry And this book came from that ministry because um, I just felt the call of um, it needs to go outside the doors of the church. It needs this message Mm. needs to be available um, to anyone who wants to do it. And so um, the writing process of it really happened over a very long period of time. Now, I actually sat down and wrote it um, within a year's time. 
But actually all the research and the foundation and the bones of it were done through the class. I basically took Mm. the class that was created and created chapters and um, put pieces of my story. I wove those through the different chapters. Um, It's, I, I feel like as far as vulnerability and transparency, it wasn't too hard to share in that book because I had been doing it in the ministry. But what I realized, okay. so the book came out in two seven, um, 2017. What I realized um, just a, a couple years ago was that so much of those stories in there, I have stepped out and overcome. And so the vulnerable mm. piece more so was sharing stuff I'm still going through. Um, and the Lord doesn't want us to stop on what we have made it through. He wants us to continue and just share, you know, that present struggle is still there. Um, and so that piece wasn't that hard. Um, now, um, and I can talk more about, you know, going into sharing through my blog and things, um, in the present day. Um, but as far as the writing too, like, it's so, um, I don't know how to explain it when you can just feel God writing through you, um, that they're not so much your words. Um, it's awesome. And so there was plenty of times where it was like that. And there was plenty of times where, you know, I'm trying to sit there and make it myself. And then I realized, okay, you just got to stop. Um, it's funny as when you have kids at home, you're trying to, um, okay, well, from this time to this time, I can write. Well, as a writer, it comes when you're inspired. And so it's really hard to do that piece. And so I had to learn that. But also, I think the hardest part for me was once everything was out on paper and it went to an editor, um, I felt like we can't touch it. That's God's work. We can't touch it. And so the ideas that came to me and, you know, just kind of moving things around this and that, it took me a while to get to the point of release for that because I was scared of um, messing with what God's done. And so, um, you know, I learned he's in that, he's in the editing process as well. Mm. You know, it's. (laughs) That'll (laughs) preach right there all in its own, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, fear, like once again, just coming to, and this is partly, you know, just going into the messages of the book, like recognizing what's going on inside of you and, you know, fear. I had a fear of touching it. Okay. Where does fear come from? Um, We are to fear the Lord, not other things. And so in that piece, you know, I am fearing, I have that awe of not messing with what he's done, but I'm missing that trust that if I'm seeking him, he's going to take care of it. Um, so, so yeah, that was, that was an interesting process for me. And I love, I I love when somebody mentions they're writing a book, I just want to, um, encourage them and kind of just, um, yeah, talk to them about it. It's not as scary as what it seems and just write, you know, just write, just get it on paper and then sort through it. Um, and God will, God will show you. Just be patient with them so, or patient with yourself. So what was coming up for me, just thinking about like um, the fear aspect of um, and, and maybe maybe not fear, but like knowing where God is, you know, like you're saying, like when I was writing the book, 
I felt that inspiration and I just kind of knew like, oh my gosh, like this is from the Lord. Like I, you had that flow, like you just, you knew, like I'm writing this stuff down and then to give it up to the editing people almost had like probably a wilderness um, aspect to it. Mm-hmm. So that, and I feel personally right now, just in the last season of my life, like I would characterize like I'm in a little bit of like a wilderness like phase and things look different right now um, for me in the way that I'm communing with God. And just the realization of like, it doesn't always have to look the same or feel the same. Like he's in the wilderness, you know, his sovereignty is in the wilderness. His sovereignty is like in the parts when I hand over my baby mm-hmm. to someone else, really, you know, mm-hmm. really when you put your heart and soul into something, it is like it's my fourth you're baby. handing a piece mm-hmm. of yourself. Yeah. To <laughs> someone else. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and just that to be able to now speak on that and know like, Oh no, no, he's in the editing as much as he's in the, um, those parts where you just feel his presence. So, mm-hmm. Um, powerfully, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's beautiful. It's a beautiful takeaway from the process for sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, and um, with, you know, those feelings of fear, um, you know, that the the book and basically my therapeutic foundation is CBT and a huge piece of the emotion piece. Like, I think it's so important to, um, when you are feeling something, a lot of times you can't identify it. And a lot of times you can't figure out maybe the thought behind it, but you feel this feeling and you know, something is not quite right. And, um, a lot of what we naturally try to do is push those feelings away or act in them depending on, you know, our experiences in the past and stuff. And so, um, either one of those is not the healthiest way. Um, but I, and I've, I've found out just in counseling, how many Christians are, are realize, okay, it's okay to acknowledge our emotions. Um, so, you know, in my own life and what I'm, I'm seeing is, you know, when you are feeling something, you can't figure it out. It's so important to give it a name. Um, so that you can look at it and acknowledge it. Um, I feel like feelings are an indicator of something that's going on in the heart. And so if we push it down, that is not ever addressed. If we act out in it, it's coming out onto other people. Um, But if we can acknowledge what it is by giving it a name, then we can surrender it to the Lord and allow him to show us, um, you know, things through it, um, whether it is the thoughts and beliefs behind it that we are believing about ourselves or other people or him, or yeah. if um, there's other wounds and things in there that need to come out. And so um, I'm a huge proponent of, all right, what are you feeling? Um, acknowledge it. Don't trust it because they're so fickle, but acknowledge it and then surrender it over so he yeah. can show you what to do with it. Yeah, that observation piece, um, being able to say, yep, I acknowledge that I'm feeling this way in my body, whether it be a physical feeling, I'm feeling this emotion, and then just observing it for a little bit and inviting the Holy Spirit near, like, 
being curious, that word comes up a lot in the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, What is this? Like, Lord, just show me what you want me to know about this thing. There's a, there's a technique in the book, um, which is it's, I feel, but I know, and it's kind of that Mm. piece, that two part piece of acknowledging your emotion and then surrendering it. And so a lot of times um, with my clients who have that biblical, um, foundation and want to incorporate that into therapy, we will go through, okay, what are you feeling right now? All right. What does God say about it? And so, um, that I feel, but I know peace. So in this case, um, just going back to my book in that fear, uh, fear, I feel fear, but I know, um, but I know that, um, perfect love casts out all fear. Um, that mm-hmm. is, and first, John, I believe. Um, I know that God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind um, from Timothy, I believe. Um, But these are just God's promises that I can speak over these things, even though I don't feel them. Um, These are things that I can say out loud so that I can hear them. And the more I hear things, the more I'm going to change my beliefs and the things that are going on inside of me. Um, so yeah, that I feel, but I know is an easy technique that anyone can incorporate. And I just wanted to share that on the podcast right now too, because it is something as leaders, whoever's listening to this, it's something that you can, um, just reach out and start doing to help you acknowledge those emotions and remember what God says about them. And then, you know, if there, if there's more that you need to do uh, um, with them, as far as exploring and being more curious about them and having help through therapy, it's just, another way to dig in and find out what's going on with you. Yeah. I think the sharing with other people is huge. Even if it's not a therapist, which I think both of us would say being with a clinical therapist, I mean, for me personally, like my therapist, I love being with her and having her like lead me in tools and things like that. She is very valuable um, in my life, but I also have, close friends who I can share my deepest things with as well. Um, Not many. I don't, I think we have this misconception that like we have to share with everybody. You don't, but I think that piece of like, you know, the enemy wants us to just keep everything so private, you know, and as leaders to have somebody who knows everything that I am struggling with. Um, if you can find that person, um, gosh, that's such a gift, you know? Most definitely. I think too, as helpers, we naturally are always asking about other people. And, um, as you were saying that I was just thinking about, um, I have a couple of people that I would call my people and they are ones who call me out or who are really digging to find out what's going on with me because yeah. a lot of times I'm too busy listening and trying to help. I won't really share until they really ask the questions. How are you really doing? And it, um, I've, my girlfriend, she always laughs at me because I'm like, I'm fine. And then I start going into all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But you do have to pull it out of us. And so I would, I would think a lot of leaders are this way because we don't want to burden people. And that's a, that's a lie from the enemy trying to keep your stuff in. There are certain people that God is placing around you to help you. Um, And so, 
yeah, I think there's a huge piece of um, in leadership to be vulnerable and have those safe places that you can. Yeah. And I think as we think of like women in ministry, you know, I think about one of the, if we zoom out to like cultural messages given to men and women, like in the last, I I mean, we'll just say in the last hundred years, but maybe it's beyond that. But, you know, I think it's so much harder for men in our culture to feel like they can get to this level of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And to me, like, as women in ministry, this is one of the biggest gifts we can give to our men that we like are serving with is the message to like shred that memo that you have to like have it all together and you can't confide in anyone. Like I think about, you know, um, if we're at a party or something, you know, by and large, if there if I'm there and there's another woman there that I'm friends with. We're to the real within like five to 10 minutes of a conversation, you know, Mm -hmm. like we're Mm -hmm. not talking about the weather and like others, like we're like, if there's a moment to get separate with two women together, most of the time we're going to get to, okay, what's really going on, you know, and we're Mm -hmm. having real conversation. I think if we can be kind of broad and, and stereotypical here for a second, I'm not sure that's always happening with the guys. I think it is like on in some cases when we have people who've done the work and who understand the value of it. But I think culturally, we're not giving that message to guys Mm -hmm. of like get vulnerable with your guy friends. Tell them how you really feel. I don't think that's like really rewarded, you know, in our society. Yeah. I was just reading a book um, this past week and there was a chapter in there about boys and this mom who wrote the book, she says, you know, I go out with my girls and I'm, I'm like just always kind of teaching them that you can be whoever you want to be. Like, don't listen to these messages that society gives you about what a woman woman is. Don't look at these magazine covers that try to tell you what a woman is like. And when we're out places, she'll say, I wonder if she's a CEO. I wonder if she's this, that, and the other, I wonder, you know, um, but She said, I was kind of taken back when I started thinking about my interactions with my son. And I wasn't saying to my son, I wonder if he's a poet. I wonder if he's whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's important, I think, as mothers, the messages we give to our boys. But I think as we are trying to equip our leaders, like just giving them permission that like, oh, strength is vulnerability, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like come out from under that burden. Like Brene Brown talks about this white horse mentality, you know, Um, like let's shred that, you know. I think, yeah, just the vulnerability piece. I think a lot of times um, just with men and women, it does look different and it is, it is harder, um, And I think there's different lies there too. Um, I think for the woman, it's more of a, I don't want to burden somebody else. So Mm. I'm going to keep it in. And for the man, it's more of, I can't show um, that weakness um, Mm. and just that feeling of being attacked. 
um, mm. for not being a certain way or that good enough. But actually both of them come back to that good enough piece, the, just these different messages. Um, but I, I think that vulnerability piece, um, the enemy uses a lot of different lies, um, memos, as you were saying, um, a lot of different ways. But what I um, did learn just going back to um, that transparency piece and sharing what I'm struggling in the moment, like um, when I am vulnerable in a safe place, I become lighter. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's because if I'm keeping everything in, the enemy can hold it over me. And oh. He torments. He torments with it. Like it's it's just this constant um, bully. Whether it's yourself constantly saying it to yourself or whatever. Like if you keep something in, the enemy has that hold over you. Well, if you are able to be vulnerable in a in a safe place, he can't hold it over you anymore. Like he yeah. can't um, just cause that inner torment about it because now it's out there. It's out yeah. there, and so um, yeah. Transparency is huge. It's huge in two different ways. Um, number one, it frees you, but it mm. also frees other people because they mm. yes. recognize or they realize I'm not alone. Just going back mm. to the woman in Africa, like I'm not alone. Other people understand. Um, and we are all sojourners, um, you know, working towards um, becoming more like Christ. And mm-hmm. Um, none of us have it all together. And so mm-hmm. that big lie of, well, they do. So yeah, that just keeps you stuck. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to read this quote from your book, which I, I it was one of my favorite ones um, in your transparency section. A um, couple things I've underlined here. You said the gospel is seen when we choose humility and transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit more on that. Okay. I mean, the gospel is that we, um, we are in a broken world and we're all broken and in need of our savior. Um, brokenness is everywhere and we like to try to cover that brokenness or hide it. Um, we're ashamed of it. I mean, we're ashamed of it. Um, I'm just thinking about like culturally too. I know that I feel like that's such an American thing, you know, but also I think just in the last 20 years since we've had the Internet and since we've had social media, um, there's kind of been this forward facing mask um, Mm -hmm. that is like the cultural norm. I have it all together. Look at all my posts. Look at all the things my kids are accomplishing. Um, There's all this. Um, the lie gets bigger and bigger and bigger and yeah. it's overwhelming. Yeah. 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 Dang, Christy. Yes. Well, and I just, I mean, I like to challenge people. Once again, it's in a safe place because I know there's people that have been burned or hurt by being vulnerable, but mm-hmm. um, finding that safe place and um, just trusting, um, trusting the Lord to show you who those people are and to be vulnerable to just um, watch how you feel after, after you share. Um, mm. Yeah. Tell me more on that. Watch how you feel after you share. Um, it's like, I mean, I feel like it's a weight off your shoulders and it, okay. it and 
Um, you know, sometimes you might feel that should I have said that? Should I have said that? Um, and, and that's where you can kind of go down. Okay. Well, what am I feeling right now? Why do I feel like I shouldn't have said it? Um, Mm -hmm. and just tackling those lies. Okay. Well, this was a safe person. And Mm -hmm. was it because I'm feeling pride in here, um, that I'm supposed to have it together? Well, if I have it all together, I don't need Jesus then. So Mm -hmm. that's, Mm -hmm. first of all, completely impossible. Um, but secondly, that, that keeps you kind of in this prison of trying to do and do and do. And so, um, I don't know. I just, I, I challenge those, especially those who have not ever, um, really become vulnerable. And I've heard, I've heard this through people who, you know, who I encourage to share their testimony when they do, it's just like, you know, um, it's off, it's off my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And so that just kind of goes back to that, you know, um, the enemy can't um, bully you with what's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's already out yeah. there because you've surrendered it to the Lord to do with it as he pleases. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to read one more quote here about transparency. And then I feel like we should also dive into how to identify a safe person. Okay. Um, just kind of as, okay, I'll get into that in a second. So here's the other quote about, transparency that I was just like, yes. Um, Transparency is our ministry. It takes off our masks and being courageous and humble by letting others know the real us and what we're dealing with. It is taking off our masks and being courageous and humble by letting others know the real us and what we're dealing with. Now you go on to say, this doesn't mean broadcasting our stuff to the world. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not it. That's not it at all. But instead having a trusted group of buddies to share the good, the bad and the ugly with. Um, So with that, I keep getting this picture and it's not my own. I've heard it talked about and I love it. This image of the drawbridge. So when we think of boundaries, which is now I think kind of what we're talking about because you know, we're working on this um, kind of, um, I keep thinking safe church, but it's like this trauma-informed church workshop that we've been kind of bouncing around in our heads um, on the team. And part of what keeps coming up is, yes, this is for the leaders of the church to understand how to be more trauma-informed, but also we want the members of that church to understand the boundaries of not just going into a space and assuming that somebody's worthy to hold your stuff because not everyone is, you know? Mm -hmm. And so this image of who I hate to use that word deserves, but we're talking about safe. Who is a safe, what does it mean to be a safe person? Who are the people that I'm going to let my drawbridge down and allow them to come to those closest parts of me? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, and I like to think about it. And again, this is not mine. This is somebody else's. But I like to think about not necessarily who are those people, but what are those characteristics in a person that indicate to me this person is safe 
Um, what are those for you? So as you were just talking, um, that verse, you will know them by their fruit. I don't oh, know where it is, yeah. was coming to mind. And so just being around others, um, a lot of times you can sense somebody. And I would say um, for me, it's you know somebody that's others focus. I was just mm-hmm. telling you about how, um, you know, I kind of sit back and I just, I listen and I encourage. And so you really have to ask me. Um for me to really open up. And so um, mm-hmm. those people that um, that really take that time and just kind of really want to hear or see you in those moments, um, that would be somebody. Um, consistency, um, yeah. confidentiality, yeah. like um, knowing that what you're sharing um, is not going to be broadcasted through somebody else. Um, yeah. And for me, it's, it's that person who um, knows scripture that um, mm. will pray with me that um, I think I said it in, in the book too, that's not impressed with me, um, but loves uh, yeah. me. So they can um, help me see, because a lot of times you're so deep into something that you can't see um, what others can see. And um, uh, those extra set of eyes um, um, are so important. And so we have to choose carefully those extra set of eyes when we're sharing that stuff that we are currently going in, um, going through. Um, uh, definitely. I, fe- I feel like... Um, I don't know, like I'm a huge proponent of just testimonies and, you know, there's a lot more people that you're going to share the stuff you've already been through with, but those things that you're currently going through and um, figuring out um, a lot of those, those characteristics and the fruit, going back to the fruit, fruit of the spirit. What are those, those things? Gentleness, um, joy, um, that love. Um, So all the, the different things that I would say for mine um, come out of that piece. But yeah. my biggest piece are those um, truth tellers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a difference in being a truth teller and somebody who like always has the answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Most definitely. Like, when I'm with somebody who like always knows like exactly what should be done in every situation, those are the people that I'm like, roll my bridge up. Like I'm not, you know, like I am not putting my bridge down because honestly, like I, and maybe I, here I go as a leader saying, maybe I shouldn't say this. I should say this. I should be transparent in this moment to say that a lot of times I have no idea what I'm doing in any given situation. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't, I'm like, I feel like this could be the right thing, but I, even with my kids, with parenting, you know, like I'm not afraid to be like, guys, I have no idea. Like, what do you think? <laughs> I'm right there with you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so to me, it's like, if people have everything figured out, like, I don't trust that because oh, yeah. I'm like, I just see that as a protector. I'm like, yeah. listen, yeah. you don't have everything figured out. You've convinced yourself that you do, which tells me that you have not done the deeper work to like, for me to be able to really be vulnerable with you as one of my like close people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you're, um, what's the word? I can't think about it, but that 
really exploring what truth teller, because that word truth teller can look a lot of different ways to a lot of different yeah, people. It can. Um, yeah. cause you know, the word has been used to, um, preach down to, or, you know, it's, it control. has been used in, yeah, control in a harmful way. And so my truth tellers, um, they gently point mm-hmm. me to the word, you know, they ask questions, they have, you know, have you considered this? Um, you know, it's a very gentle process. Um, I've actually been talking to just, um, clients of mine, just working through, um, you know, those feelings of what is guilt, and what is condemnation or what's conviction mm. and what's condemnation. And actually one of my clients, mm. because some of the same, it could be some of the same um, things that are being said, but are you feeling it? How, how's it? Um, how are you receiving it? Um, and one of my clients talked about how, you know, when I know it's God, we work through it. She was like, it's very gentle. And then when yes. um, all the other times it's very harsh. And I loved that example um, to just kind of sit down mm-hmm. when you do hear something, no matter who is saying it, is it sitting in a harsh way? Well, if yeah. it is, that is not, you know, that's not the, for the Lord, from the Lord, excuse me. And if it's gentle, that's that, um, that's that conviction and that um, truth telling. Yeah. So really being able to tease out as an individual, like what's coming to my mind now is there's therefore now no condemnation for those Mm -hmm. who are in Christ Jesus. Like to be able to tease out like those feelings of, am I be, is this condemnation? Am I feeling Mm -hmm. judged? Am I feeling like, like pressure, all this pressure, I have to be and do these things. Am I feeling shame in this moment? Like Mm -hmm. that's not it. Like if I'm feeling those things, then this person might not be a safe person for me. And to be able to tease out that feeling from I'm here with somebody who loves me, who sees me, who's for me, who realizes that they also may be wrong in what they're saying at the same time. Um, and is humble enough, as you said, to, um, you know, know that and have that knowing be present between us that person to say something to me. And I'm thinking about one of my dear friends right now, like, and you feel it sometimes in your gut, like, shoot, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I got to change direction, but that doesn't feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm a horrible person. Oh, you know, it has a completely different um, feel to it because of attachment, which is, you know, what we have most purely in our relationship with the Trinity Mm -hmm. is that like, and we can think if we've walked with the Lord long enough and we have heard his voice on things, we've felt his spirit moving. It does sometimes feel like crap. I got to change direction, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't ever feel detached and accusatory. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's so important. And it goes back to just, you know, the emotions, like not pushing them down. Okay. I'm feeling when you're with a person and you're feeling something negative, it's okay. Hold up. What am I feeling? And why am I feeling this way? 
Um, And like you said, if it's coming from a prideful, condemning place, that's probably not one of your people. Or this is, or if, you know, they are known by their fruit in the past, you bring it up to them and Mm -hmm. you don't avoid, you know, confrontation on things too. So, yeah. And you, you learn to kind of trust yourself that way. You learn to trust those like things that kind of rise up, like by taking a second to observe, asking the Holy Spirit, like, Ooh, when I'm around this person, I feel some kind of way. What is that? Um, and just sort of being curious about that and learning that some people, no matter what title they have, they may not be like worthy to like pour into your life. They may not be worthy to have you put your drawbridge down to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's a big part. I know Tiff keeps coming back to that too. That's a big part of as we kind of move into this season of really trying to train churches to be more trauma informed, we've got to understand like that it's kind of, it goes in all different directions. Like the leaders need to be more trauma informed. Everyone needs to know what kind of stuff they're bringing to the table, but also there's this big boundary piece that needs to be taught in churches that will hopefully over time create less and less situations for people to be hurt and Mm -hmm. to be, um, yeah, I don't know. I, the word is like over vulnerable, but that's not really even a word. I don't think, but. Well, and as you're talking, it just that humility piece, that's the, that seems like the number one characteristic to look for in, um, you know, in your church leaders and mm-hmm. um, your counselors and your friends and all the helpers, like that humility piece. Um, yeah. So important. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen today. We're really honored by that. And we hope that this podcast was an encouragement to you. Please like and share it with your friends. Give us a review. That really helps other people find us. And also, we just want to say that even though we are therapists, this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please do not make this podcast a substitute for therapy. That is not its intent. We do say if you are looking for a therapist, we can help you. If you're within the state of South Carolina, give us a call. You can find us online at steadfastchristiancounseling.com. And you can get connected with one of our therapists there. And if you're outside of South Carolina and you would like for us to help you get connected with a therapist, it would be our honor. We believe wholeheartedly that therapy is an important part of human growth and development. An important part of human maturity. Not just something to reach for in time of crisis. The music for this podcast was produced by DJ Whitehot, and the beat was provided by freebeats.io. Check them out if you're looking for some great music. Have a great day, y'all.